0: Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews is brought to you by Spirituality and Health Magazine. The Soul Body Connection. Visit SpiritualityHealth.com today. Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews.
1: Good afternoon, and welcome to the Authentic Living Show. You know, you have to wonder how we came to this place in our collective psychology in which we value image more than authenticity. What do we fear our bodies can do to us in terms of our social value? Are other people's images of us so very important that we will kill ourselves to maintain a higher image in their eyes? How did they get to be more important than we are? Our guest today has lived through and overcome her own body image issues and now lives a happy and fulfilling life. In her book, Love Your Body, Love Your Life, Sarah Maria outlines a five-step process designed to help people break free from negative body obsession and discover the beauty that they already have inside of them. From there, they can learn to create the life and the body they want. Sarah Maria is a body image expert who shows people how to discover the beauty that is already inside of them right now, in this moment, regardless of how they look. Once they connect with this beauty, they will discover that anything is possible, that they can create a body and a life that they truly love. Her mission is to create a world where every person sees the beauty in themselves and in others. She's trained with well-known teachers and physicians, including Deepak Chopra, Dr. David Simon, Wayne Dyer, and Jack Canfield, among others. Her work has been endorsed also by Deepak Chopra and Dr. David Simon, and New York Times best-selling author Marcy Sim- Shim- Shimoff, as well as many other notable physicians, psychologists, and educa- educators. Before writing her first book, she received a law degree from Stanford and a master's degree in international affairs from Columbia University. And we are very glad to have her today. been working for a while to get her on the show, and we're so glad that she's here. Welcome, Sarah, to uh, the oh, it, Living Show. It is a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. You're so welcome. So, okay, let's just jump right in there. In this world we live in, we're bombarded with image, 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 in which our uh, selling out uh, your authenticity for someone else's opinion of you is done at the drop of a hat because that's the norm. How in the world does someone learn how to swim upstream enough to begin a process of loving their own body?
2: Well, you know, you just, you start, you start from wherever you are, which sounds obvious and has been said before, but it's really true. Um, and in my book, Love Your Body, Love Your Life, what I talk about is setting an intention at the very beginning. And the reason for this is that if you live, in, you know, if you've grown up in this culture, chances are you don't love your body, and for many people, they don't know how to begin to love their bodies. They have no idea where to start. And so it's, it's setting the intention to say, you know what, I'm going to learn how to love my body. I don't know how, and here's a really important thing. You don't need to know how, right? It's when you begin school, right? You're, let's say you're in first grade, if anyone can remember that far back, or any time you begin something new, your first you know, year of college, your first year of high school, you don't know how to do everything you need to do. You have no idea, but you set the intention to say, okay, I don't know how to love my body because I've spent my lifetime, and it is a lifetime for most people, I've spent my lifetime hating my body. And so you say, I don't know how, but I'm going to learn, right? I'm setting an intention to learn to love my body and myself. And when you... Stay take that first step, which is saying, I have no idea how to do this, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to learn how to do it. That's how you begin. That is the very beginning. It's saying, I don't know how, but I am fed up with hating my body. I know there is another way. I don't know what it is. I don't know how to get there. I don't know what it looks like. But I'm fed up with with hating my body, and
1: I'm going to find a different way. Right. Right. So I hear the word when, when, when I talk to people who have eating disorders, and, and, and I'm sure that in the media we hear this word a lot too, the word disgust. You say hating your body. You know, we, we learned that, but how is it that we come to that place of disgust with our bodies?
2: You know, it's, it's what I say. It's a cultural epidemic, right, where it's considered normal in some way, it's considered normal to dislike our bodies, right? Because yeah. it is so prevalent, because it's so ubiquitous. And that's the craziest part, that we think that hating ourselves, beating up on ourselves, disliking ourselves, berating ourselves, lamenting ourselves and our bodies, that all of that is somehow normal. And the turning point is when you begin to say, wait a second, that's totally insane. Mm-hmm. That is crazy. You And, you, you know, what other animal, right? In nature, you don't see a a bear walking around saying, oh my gosh, I gained weight this winter. I hate myself, right? Right. It doesn't happen. And yet we consider it normal to dislike our bodies and ourselves. And I talk about this in the book, Love Your Body, Love Your Life. It it is, you know, if you want to call it normal because it's 98% of the population, fine, but it's anything but natural. And it's anything but
1: how life needs to be. Right, I agree. Couldn't agree more. So, all right. So, if there's listeners out there who feel that uh, obsessing, they're that they're in a process of or a pattern of obsessing about their body and hating their body and trying to get their body to behave right and all of that, um, what might be one of the? I know you offer these five processes. What 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 might be the first step they would take to begin to stop hating their body? Well, the
2: first, you know, I would say, for you know, I keep mentioning my book, Love Your Body, Love Your Life, and in that book, which is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, any major bookstore, it outlines a five-step process, and it is a five-step process for breaking free from what I call negative body obsession. Negative body obsession, or NBO, is this constant, you know, negative attitude, negative beliefs, negative dialogue that we have with ourselves about our bodies. And so it outlines this and I already mentioned the first step in the five-step process, which is setting an intention, right? Setting an intention for where you want to go. So you don't know how to get there, right? Or let's say you've hated your body your whole life. That's okay, right? You just say, I'm going to learn how to love my body, Okay. That's step one. Step two is identifying and destructing, d- identifying and detaching from negative thoughts. So we all tend to, like I said, have this negative dialogue with ourselves, right? Oh my gosh, look at my butt. Oh my gosh, look at my stomach. Look at my thighs, right? Look at my chest. It's too flabby, too much cellulite, too much this, not enough that on and on and on and on, okay?
1: Right.
2: So you begin to identify those thoughts, right? Become aware of the thoughts that you're thinking, of the negative thoughts you're thinking on a regular basis. And then you can begin to detach from them. And detaching from them means you, as you become aware, you can talk back to them, Right? There's a number of strategies I have for detaching. One is seeing where they come from. Right? Many times our thought life is influenced by teachers, primary caregivers that we've grown up with. So I outline exercises in the book to help people detach from that. Um, and beginning to talk back and say, you know, wait a second, I don't need to listen to that negative thought. Right? I don't need to take that to be true. I don't need to take that seriously. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's step two, identifying and detaching from negative thoughts. So step one, setting an intention to learn to love your body. Step two, identifying and detaching from negative thoughts. Okay. okay.
1: So what, step, all right, yeah. when when we talk about setting an intention, that's a word that we hear a lot in the New Age New Thought movement, the human potential movement, that doesn't mean sort of beating yourself up and saying how come you're not doing this and riding yourself like a, a, a mule, what does it mean to be setting an, to set an intention?
2: It means to set an intention for what you want to create in your life, where you want to um, let's say, you know, and it's exactly what I've been saying let's say right now you hate your body. So setting an intention is saying okay I set an intention to learn to love my body. I don't know how but I'm going to set an intention
1: to create that in my life. Right. I think that's a confusing conundrum for somebody who's fairly obsessive-compulsive, and that's why I asked the question. I think some people think setting an intention means to sort of drive themselves, and that's not what you're Uh saying, to kind of uh, just know that this is what you'd like to do.
2: Just the opposite, right? What what you're talking about, I think, can come up more with goal-setting. Right? Oh, one more thing I need to achieve. Right. And intention, and when I talk about it in Love Your Body, Love Your Life, in the book, it's, it's much gentler, right? You're setting an intention and you're allowing it to unfold. It's not, it's different in that sense from, okay, I'm going to set a goal to achieve something. Because, like you said, chances are if you have this, um, you know, for many people who have negative body obsession, they have perfectionistic tendencies right that they tend to be obsessive they tend to be perfectionistic which is really saying okay i i need to achieve this i need to accomplish this whatever it is and and so it's not that right it's it's, it has a much subtler much gentler nature where you're you're setting intention for what you want to create and then you're releasing it you're letting it go and you're allowing and you know the, the universe, if you will, to take care of the details, there's that element of surrender. And one of my teachers, Deepak Chopra, who many people are familiar with, he endorsed, you know, has an endorsement for my book on the front cover. But he talks a lot about this, right? Setting an intention and then letting it go, right? Which is really surrendering it so that it's not so much about you doing it in this compulsive way, you achieving, you accomplishing. It's about undoing. It's about allowing, right? So undoing... Learning to love your body is really about undoing and letting go of the barriers that prevent it. It's not one more thing for the to-do list, oh, check, I love my body, right? right? No, it's saying, okay, what is false is this is this self-hatred. What is false is this negative conditioning, this negative belief. So I'm going to drop that,
1: right? I'm going to set my intention
2: and learn how to let go of that. Right,
1: right. And that letting go process is also not a drive. It's also not a way of becoming perfect. And it'll be more like that, what you've described as detachment. We'll talk some more about that right after the break. We'll be back in just a a moment with more from Sarah Maria on body image issues. Stay tuned.
3: awakened media for a transforming world seventh wave network
0: think of the world When I found out my jeans were made using child labor in sweatshops, I wrote a letter to the company saying, reconsider your labor practices. A few months later, I get a letter back saying, thanks for being a loyal customer, and they included
2: a coupon for a 25% discount on their jeans. So I got smart, wrote letters every day to all the
0: stores that carry the brand, asking them to stop supporting the companies who use child labor in sweatshops. And I just kept getting letters back, thanking me for my concerns, and more coupons for more discounts on more jeans. So I'm telling
2: my friend about it, and she flips out, saying that between all the letters and coupons, some paper company cut down a small forest, driving off two indigenous tribes, hundreds of endangered animals, killing thousands of plant species, some of which may have contained vaccines for HIV cancer and syphilis. Meanwhile, the guys cutting down the trees are
0: 13-year-old kids who work night and day for months just to save up enough money to buy a pair of jeans made by child labor in sweatshops.
2: Saving the world isn't easy, but saving a life is. Just one pint of blood can save up to three lives. Visit bloodsaves.com to learn
0: more. This public service announcement was brought to you by the Ad Council.
3: Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network.
1: And we're back talking today with Sarah Maria about body image issues and her book, Love Your Body, Love Your Life. Um, we were talking just before the break about um, this idea of detaching, and I wanted to get back to that a little bit because, again, if if someone does tend to obsess about their body, you know, and the end of every obsession is a compulsion, and so we we tend to think, well, I have to drive myself, I have to push myself to Make myself perfectly let go of this, of these old negative thoughts. So then we try to plug that into our brains, and we end up repressing a lot of material that way. So, so, tell us what you might mean. Give us an example of how someone might let go or detach from negative thinking.
2: Well, I, you know, and I, I like I said, I give specific, you know, exercises throughout the book, and in this, in this step in particular. Um, I outline a number of exercises. I'll talk about one. The, the basis is really discovering that our thoughts are not around, But right? Part of, you know, a huge part of the problem with thoughts is that we take them very seriously and we take them very personally. With, you know, before we realize it, we think that the thoughts we have um, about ourselves, about our bodies, are, are true, right, and that there are thoughts and that we have to take them seriously. As you begin, what you begin to discover when you look at it is, oh, wait a second, these thoughts came from somewhere, right? Maybe they came from, you know, if you had a parent who had a lot of opinions about their body, maybe your father had a lot of opinions about his body, your mother had a lot of opinions about her body, or they had opinions about your body, so, you know, many times I work with clients who, um, let's say, you know, were heavy as children or skinny as children. And then their parents would say things to me, say things to them, such as, oh, you know, if you, know, if you don't lose weight, you're never going to meet a man or you're never going to get a good job or whatever it is. And so you begin to see, wow, all these thoughts I have, all these beliefs I have about my body and about myself were fed to me, right? They were given to me. They're not mine. They came from the outside. And as you begin to see that, you say, wow, okay, these these aren't mine, right? These came from my father. These came from my mother. These came from my, you know, stepfather, whoever, <laughs> and probably more than one person, and I don't need to take them so seriously. Or you can also begin to think, you know, maybe it wasn't even a specific person, maybe it's just the culture at large, right, the media. Maybe you had a favorite actress or a favorite actor who you thought you, you know, needed to look like. But as you begin to see that the thoughts are really not your own, you can begin to take them less seriously because you see them for what they are, which is somebody else's opinion, somebody else's idea somebody
1: else's interpretation so as you
2: we, don't have to pay any attention to them
1: right exactly so as we acknowledge that it really didn't come from within us then we can give it less power
2: exactly right
1: okay all right so that all right so one of the uh, the next step in that process then would be to uh, discover who you really are and that's of course what the authentic show <laughs> living show is all about and that's a lifelong process we all know that but uh, give us some examples of how might, that might work in particular for somebody with body image issues. So, discovering who you really are is really the spiritual component, right?
2: That says we are more than this body mind. We are more than this, um, you know, one of my teachers, you know, called it skin encapsulated ego that we, you know, take ourselves to be. And when we do not have an awareness of that deeper dimension, when we have the awareness of who we really are, what happens is we, you know, get stuck in thinking that the body-mind is all there is, which, you know, the whole thing of perfecting it, the whole thing of needing it to be a certain way. As you begin to discover who you really are, Right, which is this spiritual side, which is the truth of who you are, you can begin to see clear, wait a second, right? All these ideas I have, all these beliefs, the thoughts we've been talking about, even this body, all of this is, is, um, less real than that which I truly am. That which I truly am is eternal, is boundless, is timeless. And as you get to know that, that, as you get to know yourself as that, you, it, it really begins to release the power of your true potential, right? The power of your, your true potential to go beyond the conditionings, the limitations that, that all of us have, you know, once we become adults, right, that are part and parcel of growing up as a human being.
1: Right. Okay. So one of the things that I believe in it, and um I think that Deepak Chopra says this as well and and it was a real um to think of it this way was a real um epiphany for me several years ago to realize that the body is the the, the soul is not inside the body the body is inside the soul.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, that image. Yes, he just does takes it, he
2: part. does talk about that uh, you know in the, in that language and it is a, it is a um it is a great perspective, mm-hmm. you know, to to bring to it, and because again, the the problem is we're all walking around thinking we are, you know, body minds, right? That that's all we are, and then we sit there, right? You see why so many maladies, in particular, like the obsession with the body consciousness, because we walk around saying, "Oh my gosh, right? I'm getting older. Oh my gosh, my body's changing," and. Wow. Well, if I'm, if this is all I am, and then all of a sudden it doesn't, you know, gravity's taking its toll or whatever it is, right? Um, we, we, there's a big problem, right? It becomes a crisis, and and as we say, wait a second. Sure, there's these changes in my body. Sure, you know, illness comes, illness goes, whatever. Weight comes, weight goes, but. Oh yeah you know find the timeless in the midst of the time bound find the eternal in the midst of the changing and this is not you know it you know all great spiritual teachers talk about this right it's kind of um, you know as very Buddhism 101 right that there is this constant change that's always happening and our bodies are no different our bodies are constantly changing Um You know, sometimes we're going to love the changes. Sometimes we might not think the changes are so great. But when you get to know yourself, right, as the changeless, as that which observes the changing, you can really surf the the waves of the changing, you know, nature of all of life, our bodies, our minds, everything, without getting overwhelmed and swept away by it.
1: That, that's that's, right. that's beautiful right there. I want to talk about that for a minute. That is a really clear um, explanation of what we're talking about in terms of getting to know yourself, that whole idea that you are the observer watching, watching these thoughts of yourself come and go and watching the changes in your body and your mind come and go, um, puts you in the place of peace and not in the place of needing to obsess and compu- uh, be compulsive about um, eating or weight or body image, any of that. So that's that's crystal clear, and I, I wanted to sort of repeat what you said in a different way, because I think that's so very important, and that's how the spiritual element applies to this. If we see ourselves as non-spiritual beings, without some kind of recognition of whatever that is for us, each individual, um, then we are we are seeing ourselves only as body, mind, and that's all there is, and that's uh-huh. right am is, is that I am uh, put before anything. I am you know whatever it is that we think we are makes a huge difference in, in all of life, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Okay. So that was very well said. Thank you. All right. All right. So that whole process means that um that we're gonna be looking into the different uh aspects of being. We're gonna be seeing ourselves as as uh, a spiritual being, uh, whatever that means to each individual. And, and then there's uh, befriending the body, and that's a, that's a concept that a lot of people have a lot of trouble with. And we, we tend to ride the body like it's a horse or a, a slave or a, you know something that we don't even have to think about or, or just completely ignore or stay out of touch with or all kinds of things we do to this body, but befriending it, that's, an, that's a kind of a novel concept for most people. So how does one do that?
2: Okay, so step four is befriending the body, and again, we're you know conditioned to think of the body as an enemy, right and And this is so prevalent, so ubiquitous. oh, you know, I wanted to lose my body, my metabolism's too slow, my body gains weight. No matter what I do, my body doesn't look right. Whatever it is, or I, I you know, no matter how healthy, no matter what how you know, much care I take of my body, I get sick all the time, whatever it is for you. But it's a of critical um, relationship with the body where the body really is considered to be an enemy. And what what step four is all about is turning that around and realizing what is much closer to the truth. And what is much closer to the truth is that your body is your very best friend. And I love to talk about this because you think from the moment of conception until the moment of your passing, your body is constantly working on your behalf, nonstop, right? So your body knows how to do everything without your slightest intervention, right? It transformed from one cell into an embryo, into a fetus, into an infant, into an infant, into a toddler, child. Adolescent, adult, middle aged, right? On and on. You didn't have to think, oh man, I really, you know, need to transform right now from a child into an adolescent. Your body took care of it for you.
1: Right. All right. Well, we'll come back and talk some more about that body as a friend right after the break. Stay tuned.
3: Awakened media for a transforming world. Seventh Wave Network.
1: Dad, can I ask you something? Sure. There's this girl I kind of like. Say no more. You just have to impress her. Okay, but how? Just. I don't know. Pick
2: up
0: a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? You know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt if you have to. Grunt?
1: Yeah, be like, oh! Uh. 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 There you go.
0: You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1 888 200 4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt U.S. Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council and Wellness Network.
3: Awakened media for a transforming world. Seventh Wave Network.
1: And we're back, and I want you to know that this show is sponsored by Spirituality and Health magazine, the Soul Body Connection, one of America's most prestigious spiritual magazines, which publishes six times a year and offers an amazing array of information for the seeker both in print and online. Check them out at www.spiritualityhealth.com. And we were talking just before the break, Sarah, about... um, the idea, this really wonderful idea, that the body has been carrying us. We haven't had to carry it. It's been carrying us, and it's been careful and and taking really good care of us all of our lives. So I want to sort of uh, really talk about that some more because I think that's such a beautiful concept that's so peace-giving. Uh-huh.
2: So it's just it's what I said, that the body is really... Our friend the body is our very best friend I mean who else in your life what else in your life without you ever having to say a word takes the sole agenda is to take care of you right so people you know we go out into the, every moment of, of our of our waking and sleeping hours we're being exposed to environmental contaminants to you know things that will tax our immune system and our body immediately responds, right without us, you don't have to think oh, here's a you know, rhinovirus, right, the virus that causes the common cold, you don't go walk out, you know, you, get on, you don't get on the bus and sit down and go, oh, there's a rhinovirus, my immune system better kick in and take care of me. No, it just does it, right, immediately, without you having to think about it. Exactly. So we're not... Right? And, and really, as you begin to see that, you can realize and recognize the gift of it. Right, the gift of, of this body that we've been given, this the gift of a human incarnation, and then you, and then it becomes much easier because you say, "Whoa, what in the world was I thinking? What in the world was I thinking that this was a you know that I had to ha- that I should hate this body? Because actually, the body is my is the very best gift I've ever been given, and the more you see that, the more you can see that. You say, "Wait a second. Right. Wait a second. Okay. My, well, I'm not going to walk around hating my body, because, oh, you know, why, why would I take this incredible, you know, my very best friend and punch him in the face? And yet, that's what we do all the time when we hate our bodies.
1: Yep, that's exactly right. And that's a profound awareness for most of us because. Really hating our bodies has been so much more promoted than loving and befriending our bodies and that's why it seems like such an odd concept for us to consider that I mean we hear people on on you know to, uh, the Today Show or uh, you know things that we watch every day talking about oh I'm fat or I'm overweight or I'm this or I'm that and I just, don't you just hate that and and we critique each other all the time and it's just we're just so into that that it's the idea of befriending our our body is, is a novel concept for most of us. So that's why I really wanted to focus on that. Thank you for saying that so beautifully. So I want to talk a little bit about Ayurveda now. So, how does Ayurveda fit into this whole issue of body image? Okay. So, for those, you know, those listeners who aren't familiar with Ayurveda, the easiest way to describe
2: it is really as a health, you know, you can think of it as a health science branch of yoga. It's been around for 5,000 years. So, it's a very ancient, medical system that is, you know, a, a profound kind of way of looking at your unique psychophysiology and the way to take the best care of your unique psychophysiology. So, what, you know, if you, if you are, live in the West, right, and you're familiar with Western medicine, what you notice is, is very much the cookie-cutter approach. So, you go and you get your blood taken They say, here's your cholesterol level or here's your glucose, you know, here's your glucose levels. Here's, you know, Oh, you're diabetic. It, but it's, it's, there's no looking at, Oh, you know, your cholesterol as an individual. What is it about your unique makeup? Right. They say, Oh, well, here are the things that cause cholesterol, right. You know, saturated fat and this and that it's, it, it, the whole system of medicine is um, not based on individuality. It's, it's based on um, the saying, okay, we can take your blood and then, you know, tell you what to eat. And it, certainly Western medicine has a place. But what Ayurveda says, Ayurveda says each of, us, each of us is a unique, and each of us has a unique combination of what are called doshas, which are based on the five elements, I don't know how much detail we want to get into, but it really allows you to say, what, what is my unique psychophysiology? And then based on that, based on that unique psychophysiology, I can find out what, what is the body type that is healthy for me. So Ayurveda says there's a reason that some people are six feet tall and skinny as a rail and can't gain weight no matter what they eat. And yet somebody else is five feet tall and, you know, they look at food and seem to gain weight. Ayurveda says, of course, because the tall, skinny person is a vata, which means, and and vata means they have a preponderance of ether and air, right? The ether and air elements, which causes them to have a very fast metabolism, um, causes them to have, you know, a a certain psychophysiological makeup. All right. Now let's say the, the the 5, you know, 5 foot tall person who gains weight very easily is very stocky, heavy set, whatever. They, let's say they're Taurus, right? Means they have a preponderance of the earth element. So the type what's so amazing about Ayurveda's um, focus on who you are as a unique individual is that is that you can say okay, well, If I'm the KAFA person, then there is a specific lifestyle recommendation, specific dietary recommendation that are going to keep me in optimum health as I am, you know, and my optimum health is not somebody else's optimum, optimum health. And the Vata person can say, oh, well, here's the diet and nutrition and lifestyle regime that's going to give me the greatest health. Now, the problem is, we all kind of have this mindset that, oh, if I'm the Vata person, I should look like a different type of person. If I'm the Kapha person, I should look like a different type of person. Ayurveda says, no, 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 who you are is exactly how nature intended you to be, right? And learn what that is, and then learn how to eat, breathe, move, you know, uh live in in accordance with what nature has designed you to be. And that's how you achieve optimum health and wellness. So instead of living in opposition to who you are, instead of living in opposition um, to
1: your natural tendencies, you learn how to live in accordance with them. Beautiful. Yeah, and wouldn't that be interesting <laughs> to be able to just kind of go in a flow where your congruent, your body, your mind, and your soul, and your spirit, and your heart are all working in the same energy. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, so Ayurveda is a way of really determining a, a your own distinct bio, uh, what do you call it, bio something... Uh, rhythm, your, body mind. your
2: own unique, you know, psychophysiology, psychophysiology And then learn how to live in accordance with that
1: Yeah, absolutely, yeah So okay. So psychophysiology includes your mind and your body And, and treats them as one And then you uh, can learn about that And then eat the foods that are appropriate to say Like the kapha or the uh, veda or the veda uh, the the pita, vata pita Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you exactly. eat the food and drink the f- fluids that are appropriate to that particular uh, dosha, and then you are able to uh, monitor your own health is takes care of itself in that way. Correct. Wonderful. Beautiful. Yeah. So so the whole idea then is there to really allow yourself to be the individual you are instead of trying to be you call it cookie cutter i call it you know be boxed up in somebody else's agenda that whole idea sure. is, yeah that whole idea is that other people get to run me or do i get to run me and right we want so much to be accepted that we have to we ha, we feel that we have to let other people run us and mm-hmm. then we get anxious about the fact that we care about what other people think but you're mm-hmm. letting other people run us how can we not care about what they think right yeah so so this whole what you're promoting then is in order to, to do that is to to allow people to be individuals and then you talk a lot about uh, seeing the beauty within. Can you mm-hmm. say more just a little bit about that? Well, we think of
2: beauty as how we you know, oh well this person's beautiful, that person's beautiful as if beauty you know, beauty is something outside of ourselves, right? That it, that it's it's just an external approach to beauty, right? Oh, it's a how my body looks that makes me beautiful. You begin to say, so <laughs> let me say one more thing on that. We, we think that the problem is with our bodies, right? And I say again and again, the problem is not with our bodies. The problem is with our minds. The problem is with our eyes, right? Because the fact is, if you actually know what beauty is, you can see beauty in everything, right? You can see beauty in everything because there is beauty in everything, Mm-hmm. And yet we are so conditioned to say, "Oh, this is beautiful. This is ugly." This, which is arbitrary, right? This is beautiful. It changes throughout time. It changes throughout history. And yet we think
1: it's real. Again, we think the conditioning is real, right? And it's All the right? same. It's the same idea that we've uh, we've come to arch- uh, this archetypal place where where, you know, that one of the reasons that the body is so despicable is that for centuries now we have believed that it's the source of all of our evil potentialities, you know, that that the body is the flesh and it's what makes us sin and it's what, you know, it's against God and the soul is for God. And so there's this natural enmity that we've established almost as an archetype that we can go to without even thinking about it. Right. Um, and, and, and and we have to go against that, we think, we think in order to, to, uh, to deal with body image issues. And when we set up a war within ourselves, then we're going to lose somebody. Some part of us is going to lose. So this right. approach is much more of a fluid approach, and that's why I like it so much, in that you're not fighting against yourself. You're just allowing yourself to be who you are. Well, it's really it's really for
2: people. My book, Love Your Body, Love Your Life, my work and my website's breakfreebeauty.com. It's again breakfreebeauty.com. The book is love your body, love your life. All of my work is really for people who are still <laughs> people who have come to the point to say I'm done with the war, right? I'm done with the dieting. I'm done with the binging, the purging, whatever it is for you. I'm done with the hating. I'm done with the obsessing. I'm done with the con- you know whatever it is. It's saying I've had enough. I don't know what the other way is, all right? But I'm done with what I've been doing. In that's really the people that are attracted
1: to my work when they're ready to end the war right absolutely all right we'll be back for our final segment of authentic living with sarah Maria in just a few minutes so stay tuned
3: awakened media for a transforming world seventh wave network
0: America is facing a skilled workforce shortage. SkillsUSA can help. What is SkillsUSA?
3: SkillsUSA is life changing.
0: SkillsUSA is awesome.
2: SkillsUSA is one of the biggest opportunities life can give you.
1: SkillsUSA is
0: amazing.
2: SkillsUSA is motivating. SkillsUSA specifically prepares you for the workforce. SkillsUSA empowers students to connect with a network of people, starting with their classmates, to their advisors, to other people in their states.
3: The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tong has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network.
2: You live for the firsts in your child's life, but how do you cope with the firsts that come after your child is diagnosed with cancer? CureSearch.org connects you to the doctors and scientists whose collaborative research has turned childhood cancer from a nearly incurable disease to one with an
3: overall cure rate of 78%. CureSearch.org. You're not as alone as you feel. Brought to you by CureSearch and the Ad Council.
0: That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews.
1: Well, we're on our final segment now talking today to Sarah Maria about her book, Love Your Body, Love Your Life. And, uh, Sarah, if you will, I want you to tell our, our listening audience more about your website and any events you've got coming up and just let them know how they can make contact with you or your work.
2: Absolutely. So my website is Break Free Beauty. It's B-R-E-A-K-F-R-E-E-B-E-A-U-T-Y. Again, that's B-R-E-A-K-F-R-E-E-B-E-A-U-T-Y.com, BreakFreeBeauty.com. And I send out a free, um, easy newsletter. It's also how people can find out about, you know, I talk about whatever products I have coming out, whatever classes I'm teaching, anything like that. And you can sign up. It's free on the upper right-hand side of my uh, website at BreakthroughBeauty.com. The name of the book is Love Your Body, Love Your Life. As I said before, you can purchase it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, um, any major bookstore. So the other thing um, that I want to let people know about is I, I do individual coaching over the phone, so people can work with me from anywhere. And I do individual coaching sessions for, and that's for people who are really have been struggling with with their body, struggling with food, struggling with something you know related to that. That are really ready to break free, that are ready for transformation. And I find that the one on one, the one on one. Coaching can be very beneficial, is very beneficial. I know um, that one-on-one work throughout my life with my teachers, with my instructors, um, counselors, coaches, has been really instrumental in helping me break free um, from negative body obsession and from many of the struggles that I had. So I offer the individual coaching over the phone so people can take advantage of it anywhere. And you can sign up, actually, for an introductory session on my website, Uh, If you go to breakfreebeauty.com, it's under products and services. On my website, I also have a number of uh, audio products that can be downloaded, um, products that can be purchased, all designed to
1: help you break free from your negative body obsession. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that with our uh, listening audience. And that's breakfreebeauty.com. All right, so I want to spend the last few minutes of our show talking a little bit about that final fifth step of, of course, nothing's really final. We're going to be in a process for the rest of our lives. But you talk about living your purpose, and I want to know how it is that living your purpose can help you with body image issues.
2: Yeah, so negative body obsession is really um, causes us to you know, often feel hopeless, because we're caught in this negative self-talk, caught in this negative um, self-hatred, this negative dialogue, right? And, and many people who struggle with it can end up feeling hopeless, right? Like life has no meaning, life has no purpose. So as you s- discover, hey, wait a second, I'm here on purpose. I'm here for a purpose. And that purpose is not to perfect my body. That purpose is not to obsess about my body. That purpose is not to hate my body and myself. Right? As I said, I'm here on purpose. I'm here here for a purpose. Let me find out what that is. Let me live that purpose. And doing that takes the attention off of the obsession, takes the attention off of the self-hatred and the negative self-talk.
1: Right, right.
2: Right? And you begin to say, okay, what am I here for, right? I'm here on purpose for a purpose. Let me live that.
1: Okay, so for the person person who's having trouble discovering what that purpose is, what would you say?
2: You know, uh, there's a great... In the book, I talk a lot about meditation, and I, I teach people, you know, they put in a, a, a ancient Soham meditation uh, that people can practice. And a great thing to do is before the meditation, before you begin to meditate, you, you can just say... Uh, you know, there's three questions to ask, right? Who am I? What do I want? And what is my purpose? Right? In um, Sanskrit, it's you know, what is my dharma? What is my purpose? So, who am I? What do I want? And what is my purpose? And then let that go, right? Before you go, you can and, and Deepak talks a lot about this, right? You you release that, that to the universe before you go into your meditation, and then you meditate. And then just wait for the universe to respond and become aware. Wow, what is my purpose? How is my life purposeful? And remember, purpose does not need to be something you do. People think, oh, you know, what's my purpose? I need to change my career. I need to change my business path, whatever it is. No, purpose can be... Purpose is, is part and parcel of your existence. It's part and parcel of who you are, right? So it doesn't need to be anything you do. It can be. But really, it's a coming to know that your existence, your life itself, is on purpose. So you don't have to do anything to be living your purpose. You don't have to become anyone to be living your purpose. Your existence is purpose itself.
1: That's beautifully said. You know, I've worked with so many people over the years who are physically ill or uh, uh, unable to do, as we typically think of in terms of launching some big, huge project or some, uh, you know, we tend to think that purpose has something to do with being famous, too, you know, that we mm-hmm. make it into, you know, I could have been a contender, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So we uh, we have this tendency to believe that if we're not out there doing something, then we don't have any real purpose, and so what's the point? And you've mm-hmm. just said it so beautifully. I often say to so my clients who say that, well, you know, what's the purpose of the flower? We say the purpose of the flower it's to make me happy when I look at it, but what about all the flowers in the forest that nobody ever sees? You know, what are mm-hmm. they doing here? So, you know, mm-hmm. it makes us stop and think that perhaps there's more to it than just finding something to do that mm-hmm. to uh, make us feel important in the world. And that's also one of those um, over-acculturated things that we have, that we have to feel important in order to be on a mission. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's socially motivated as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what we're talking about really here is sort of separating... Our thoughts, from those thoughts that our culture um, has perpetuated, that may or may not be true, we have to decide whether they are or not, and uh, make up our own minds about that. But, but uh, for a person who's going to do the work of, of overcoming body image issues, um, it, it, what you're saying is, it comes down to really, um, really becoming your own origin, really origin mm-hmm. coming up with original thoughts and. Uh, becoming identified with something much deeper than just the body Um, and and the society, I would say, too, that we identify with our social um, constructs as well. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, very cool. So, now, nurturing from within, you talk a little bit about that uh, as well, and we don't have but a few more minutes left, but I want to talk about that. What does that mean, to nurture from within?
2: Well, it's really, again, learning to love yourself, right? It's... Many times we hate ourselves and then we look for somebody to love us, right? Mm-hmm. The problem is when we hate ourselves, we can't find anyone to love us, right? We need to love ourselves and really learn how to nurture ourselves, learn how to take care of ourselves, learn how to love ourselves for for who and what we are. Not because we do, not because we look a certain way, not because of anything other than, you know, we are, you know, we are love, right? We are love ourselves and we are inherently lovable. We are inherently lovable. Right. Simply by virtue of the fact that we exist. Absolutely. So, again, people, my website is breakfreebeauty.com. The book is Love Your Body, Love Your Life.
1: Super. Thank you so much, Sarah Maria, for being on our show today. And next week we're going to be talking to Wayne Muller about life the life of being, having, and doing enough. That ought to be a really good show, so tune in for that. And remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself.
0: Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week.